From the rugby field to the rotary shed, it's the Country Sport Breakfast with Brian Kelly on Gold Sport. 22 minutes away from eight, joining us out of New Zealand here, rugby writer, comments man, Gregor Paul. Morning, Gregor. Morning. Have you got over that heartbreaking um, try that wasn't allowed last weekend in Six Nations against Scott for Scotland? No, I'm not. <laughs> Still very grumpy about that. I actually had a little tantu. I watched it, turned the telly off, and stormed off. And then my sister texted me having a tantu from the other side of the world. So, no, I'm not getting over that. Well, what, how did you see it? Was it a try? Did the ball touch the ground? Yeah, well, the ball clearly touched the ground, but we've got these archaic protocols and stupid rules and laws and the referees probably did what they were supposed to do and if you don't have 47 different camera angles and a satellite imagery <laughs> definitively showing that the ball has touched the line you couldn't give the try so I don't, I don't want to bang on about it because I, I am bitter about the whole thing that's how we felt against the Rugby World Cup. Anyway, we won't go there as well. Uh, you wrote a piece um, yesterday for the New Zealand Herald about why Kiwi access to the All Blacks is being squeezed. I mean, 14 tests this year, only five will be played in New Zealand. I mean, it's a starting point, isn't it? Yeah, look, a wee bit. I, I, I think uh, in, in past years when the All Blacks have been playing 14 tests, sort of minimum has been six at home, but but, but seven uh, is the kind of norm, I suppose, depending on, on how the schedule goes. But uh, five out of 14 is quite low, and that's because they're taking a rugby championship match. Uh, and it's not taking a rugby championship match, they're taking a, a July test match um, to America to play Fiji. Now, you kind of go, well, look, fair enough, that's, that's exposure to uh, America, this is what they want to do. But there's a cost to that, isn't there? There's this desire to find new overseas fans to grow their uh, income outside of New Zealand because they feel they've got all the money they're ever going to get out of New Zealand. So they've got to find new ways of getting more money. But the danger here is that they'll be a victim in going offshore to build that. And it might well be Kiwi mum and dad uh, and boys and girls around the country who are getting less access to the All Blacks. Let's not forget, not only are they only going to play five test matches here, but they're only going to play them across three city venues so you know and typically when we've had six or seven test matches in New Zealand one or two have been played in maybe Hamilton or Taranaki or Napier or wherever it might be Christchurch uh, but now we've got two in Auckland two in Wellington one in Dunedin uh, so it makes it harder if you're living in Taranaki or if you're living in uh, Invercargill makes it harder to uh, you know, to, to actually buy a ticket, or very expensive because you know, you've got to get a flight, you've got to buy accommodation, yeah. so you're sort of being priced out of the market a wee bit of, of watching your own team. I mean, we saw the Super Bowl um, the other day where the price for tickets there in that stadium was just absolutely moonbeams, talking thousands and thousands of dollars. Hopefully it won't go that way with New Zealand rugby. I don't think it will go that way, but I mean, I, I, I haven't bought a test ticket. Uh, while I've lived here, so I should be should be careful. But I, you know, I think I think there has probably been an exponential rise in ticket prices, not to the extent that we've priced everybody out of the market. But if you look at who goes to test matches, if you got a breakdown, not that I have one, but I'd imagine it would show you that it's usually sort of uh, mid to high earners who are who are going because you know even a uh, uh, an ordinary ticket, you know, just sort of just to, to go what we, you and I would have called the terraces. It's probably mm. what sixty, seventy dollars these well, days. More than that. More than that. You know, yeah. Even if it's a hundred, which you know, which is which is a lot of money yep. if you've got kids. It's a lot of money to find to go to a test match. 
It's all about the money now, really, though, isn't it? I mean, uh, they're going. To, you wrote a story a week or two back about the shortfall that, um, in the short to medium term, the financial outlook is pretty bleak. Yeah, and that's put, that's putting even more pressure on them. And that's, uh, my point here is that so they've got to they've got to find more income. So mm. you could play a game against Fiji in I don't know North Harbour, Hamilton, uh, maybe sell fourteen, fifteen thousand tickets, not make a particularly you know large profit out of that. Fiji get nothing from that, by the way. Or you could go well. Actually, what we could do because we actually really need more money is go and play in America because that way, if we sell out the stadium, you know, we get two million dollars, whatever it is, give half a million to Fiji. We've made one and a half million dollars. Mm. Well, that becomes uh, uh, an irresistible argument when you've got a big hole in your accounts and you need to show that you're making more money than you currently are. Uh, so you make those decisions and you can rationalise them and justify them because there are reasons why it makes sense. But if you keep making those decisions around make yeah, you've got to you've got to increase the money that you make in everything that you do because you're not you're not doing that part of your job well enough, then the victim ultimately ends up being fans because yeah. they either miss out on getting access to the team or they're being asked to pay more money or they're being asked to, you know, fork out more for a subscription or whatever it might be. But you've got to be careful at how often you ask the same people to uh, to put their hand in their pocket. It's interesting that, uh, and I don't know whether you caught up with the story out this morning, that South African rugby has now confirmed they're in talks with the United States-based investment group, a bit like New Zealand rugby was with uh, with Silver Lake. Uh, I think it's the Ackley Sports Group. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a crazy bad situation where all these national unions, their clubs across the world, they're all losing money. They're all badly run, and they think that private equity is going to be the thing that saves them. And if you go back and look at what's happened in the UK, well, since they took private equity money, three three clubs have gone bust, and they're virtually out of money mm. all the it's mm. not It's not the panacea. It hasn't worked out, and I do not know why these guys continue to think that this will be the salvation for them. When the evidence is overwhelming, it's actually just going to accelerate your demise. And while they park a lot of money into your bank account when they initially buy the equity, I can guarantee you in five to ten years that money will have gone and it will be dripping out of those businesses or hemorrhaging out of those businesses forever because that's what they've done. They've sold their revenue forever. They'll never be able to buy it back. And in 15 years' time, we'll be writing stories about the men who sold the rugby world and give it away for no particular reason. Yeah, very, very good point. Gregor, nice to catch up, mate. Uh, Scotland get a weekend off this weekend for you to recover. Um, So we'll get back to Six Nations a week or so from now. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Gregor Paul joining us here on Gold Sport, the country sport breakfast.